Well, then I saw there was a lot of kids. Like, people were starting to, you know, not pay attention. I'm like, okay, I'll go help corral. Next thing I knew, I'm throwing BP to every kid. At, <laughs> I threw BP to every kid. At, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to need Tommy John surgery on Sunday. <laughs> and I, I literally got back to our house then, and every, all the Reddings and Jollies were over, and I just I just started pounding Modellos. I'm like, oh, my God, I needed a beer so bad. But weirdly, my arm was fine, but my legs were killing me. Spring training, buddy. And yeah, anyway, catch yeah, this pitcher reported. Welcome to our Film Fathers Podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani, and with me as always are a skank and a eunuch, Martin and Brady. Now, we must all fear evil men, but there is another kind of evil which we must fear most, and that is the indifference of good men. She torched Neil. You're right. The woman's a monster. Two, three, four. Bum, bum. Guys, I know Miss Pac-Man is special. She's fun. She's cute. She swallows. But uh, we got to talk. This week... We are back with another Our Film Fathers Rotten Tomatoes Challenge. We tasked ourselves with finding movies that we thought were criminally underappreciated with a rating between 10% and 19%. It didn't take us long to find a movie that jumped off the list that we remember loving. The only true question is, do we still love them? Do we? Uh, yes. <laughs> I thought these were... I had a good time with all of them. I'm sure you guys didn't with with, with all of them, but I I did. I I enjoyed watching all of them. They were very nostalgic for me. I uh, I told a couple people that, like what we were doing, and then the the movies we selected, and I mean everyone was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like that's like three three classic movies to uh, a certain demographic. Yes, we'll say. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> right in that right age, right? These are all 1999, 2001, 2002. So yeah. it's all college for me, uh, where I watched them a bunch. So and for you guys too, as I know. Indeed, yeah. indeed. One is a, one of them is very much a college movie. <laughs> very much so. I will say that two out of the three I enjoyed. Uh, one did not hit the same way it hit the first time I watched it, and uh, we'll get into those. But it was fun to go back and watch the other two. Shockingly enough, one of them I had never seen. <laughs> I feel like I know which one it is. <laughs> um, well, let's uh, let's go through it in, from a uh, in the chronological standpoint. And ninety ninety nine starts us off, as you said, Martin. And uh, is this was yep. this yours? This was this was my mine selection. Uh, the Boondock Saints. Um, from '99, uh, it's a it's a Kevin Kent favorite. It sure is. So as he was as he was my roommate, uh, I've seen this countless times because it was probably his favorite movie throughout. I could all say of same and... on multiple fronts. <laughs> yes, I, I will attest to that as well. <laughs> to all of what you just said. <laughs> um. So so yeah, and I, I it was it was one of those when I remember the the first time I'm I'm I guarantee he introduced it to me. So the first time I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, this is a movie I hadn't heard of, um, or hadn't hadn't heard anything about." And then watching, I was like, "Yeah, it's pretty good for a like a sleeper hit. Like it was way better than I expected a movie that I hadn't heard anything about at the time to to be." 
Um, and I thought it was a unique, you, you know, uniquely done um, with the whole concept of showing the the, the aftermath of, of the crime uh, or what happened and then having, what's his name, uh, Willem Dafoe kind of Working be able it. to piece together. Yeah, work, work backwards. And then they show actually what happened um, for, for each crime scene, each time, each time somebody, uh, somebody dies. And, uh, you know, there are other elements that probably seem cool in, in college, but watching it now, it seems a little, it, it, it falls a little flat um, to me and does seem, it has a little bit of just the, you know, the religious and the religious vibes to it. It's just, just a little too much and a little, little heavy handed and that's, and that kind of stuff, which I'm sh- I, I, I think you guys are probably going to agree. I definitely felt like, I mean, as we said, saw it a bunch I feel like there is. This is a movie that qualifies as. I liked it. I never loved it. I always felt like uh, Mr. Kent's infatuation was a little, little much for this movie. Um, I with, felt like with there apologies were always, to Kevin on this. Well, there was <laughs> right. always yeah, happy birthday, buddy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I felt like there were always some glaring weaknesses that were, I guess. People were happy to gloss over. Uh, we could just say Willem Dafoe as uh, as part of that, and I felt like on the rewatch, those definitely stood out. And I felt like I, I think, as a nineteen or twenty year old, this movie hit and enjoy. All right, I enjoyed it, and now twice that age, I'm like, yeah, it's all right. Like it's it's nothing to get too excited about. The misses are misses. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I tend to agree. It just I didn't hate it by any means. I I didn't hate it. There were just elements there that just don't sit with me anymore. That don't like I just didn't vibe with the overacting by uh, the Yakaveta guy, the <laughs> crime boss. Like, dude, leave some scenery for the rest of us. Um, <laughs> and you know, just the uncomfortableness, like. The joke that um, Rocco tells, it was just like, yeah, I get it. It's of the time, whatever. Willem Dafoe's character could have just been sarcastic rather than sarcastic yeah. and effeminate. Like, they didn't know why they necessarily needed to play that that part up. It feels a little bit of like kind of like you just said of the time, like that they were, you know, it was more, for whatever reason, they felt it needed to be like very over the top that he was a homosexual and all that went along with that. They over dramatized a bunch of it as a yeah. result. And then like the whole mindset of like everybody, um, you know, telling the brothers that they should be like in every city and doing this is kind of January sixes. Like some of those vibes, like, Oh yeah, we don't like what's going on. Let's just take justice in our own hands. Um, that's, that's exactly the problem. Like seemingly, yes, they're going after mafia, you know, uh, Russian mob, uh, Italian mob and right. Like you might agree that those are, those are people that you want to get off the streets, but exactly like you're saying, like once you get to that point where it's like, Oh, January 6th, they think they're doing it for the right reason too, but they're actually going against, you know, the wrong the wrong side for for what, what many of us believe. So yeah, it's 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 where they have and all that little commentary at the end too, where they do the interviews on the street. I, I did find that a little bit interesting too, because that is you know you would you would kind of have them be polarizing figures. You know, some people would look at it and be like, no, you can't just have 
vigilantes running around. You can't just have Death Wish Charles, <laughs> Charles Bronson running around uh, killing people on, on the street. Um, but uh, but other people would be like, yeah, hell yeah, this is this is what we need, you know, clean up the streets. But yeah, every, everyone's you know, this is America. You have you know, you have your right to a, a fair trial, and that's just the way that's the way the system works. I thought it was interesting to see that the last scene where they're interviewing the people on the street and talking to them and like you have the 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 contrasting views of people who are like yeah they're doing the great thing they're you know they're getting the scum off the street and other people are like no you're just you can't just have people going out and killing like that that was a surprise i don't remember that from watching it you know back in 99 or 2000 um and so that was kind of refreshing but um yeah it just it did not hit the same way that I envisioned it. And again, maybe we were influenced by another person. <laughs> well, the parts, the parts that I enjoyed are, I mean, I do, I do like the both actors, uh, yeah. that played the McManus, McManus brothers. Um, I thought they were, you know, like you, you could see, you could see why, uh, why, why people would like them as characters. Like because of the blue jeans and the black turtlenecks. Yeah, uh, well, I love the well, just just t-shirts and uh, and pea coats. You know, I definitely wanted that look for a while. I was looking for a pea coat to to have that that boondock look, <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Boston boondocks look. Um, but but yeah, they, I mean, they were funny. You know, the mixed metaphors, bartender, and you know, they could they come up with with quick uh, comebacks to yeah. you know to each of his his mixed metaphors, and they say their own. Um, you know, he says, but you know, they they reuse the whole um, make like a tree and. Yep. Get get out of here! Get the fuck out of here! He went from from uh, um, what do you call it? Back to the Future? To the future. It was done probably probably better, but um, but th- but that concept they were you know they were funny, well read, uh, well could speak multiple languages, um, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I found I found certain parts of it um, to be pretty funny. I, I do like when well I didn't hate Willem Dafoe's character. You know there were some interesting choices maybe made, the, but the disc um, man on the hip. Yeah, but I mean I kind of like that whole. <laughs> Like he's he needs the the opera or whatever classical music to to kind of get into the zone of figuring out what happened in each in each crime scene. Uh, I just like when he's when he when the, the they walk into the police station, and um uh and he and the, the cop gets all excited about um oh oh can we stay the, you could stay in the holding cell we got extra rooms and he's like wait can they stay and he's like yeah it's okay if you have, I'll ask your mom but it's okay with me if your friends sleep over you know like I I found those. Those parts still amusing, well, and I, you know, that definitely laughed at him. That's where I feel like Jelani's on was right though. Like he could have just been a sarcastic, like smart, smarter than everyone else FBI guy. It just it doesn't feel like the, you know, the the homosexuality and the innuendos and like all of that was really wasn't Necessary. moving the plot at all. Right. Um, yeah. If. It it does yeah I I hear you like it feels like like that's fine if that's part of his part of his character but it feels like they were almost making fun of it well, that's what I, I that's what I think to, yeah. of the time yeah I think it is more patronizing right. in a way yeah and it's kind of interesting to see that they had Willem Dafoe in that role because I mean he is I mean well very well known as you know to this day um, I know you mentioned the brothers and I think some people probably might at least at the time knew who sean patrick flannery was i mean he's definitely not as mm-hmm. much of a name norman reedus has gone on to walking dead fame that no one could have foreseen at that point um but i liked him when i watched walking dead because i mean i definitely knew him from boondock so uh yeah it was and then i think billy Connolly was pretty well known 
Um, mm-hmm. And I saw something where he was he was so excited to be playing against type in the role of yeah. El Duce. Uh, and he said having so much fun playing a psycho with guns strapped all over him that they had to add a large – they added the cigar because he wouldn't stop smiling when he was filming his scenes. <laughs> he was having so much like, fun. I like this. Yeah, and so they had yeah. to uh, – they were like, well, let's do something to, like, put it in his mouth and keep him from uh, keep him from, from smiling. But um, Another part that I laughed at was uh, – what, you know when they hit, he has a six shooter. What were you gonna do with the other three? Laugh him to death, funny man. <laughs> and the rope, you know, when he's like calls out the rope. Oh, the rope's funny. Uh, yeah. What are you? What are you gonna need? Yeah. What are you gonna need a stupid rope for? I don't know. They always have rope, but he does. I think he mentions. Uh, I think he says Charlie Bronson always has rope. Yeah. <laughs> Is that, I, I might have missed it if that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he said he said that at some point. Um, so yeah, just those kinds of things. Uh, again, at, at the time, it it this those. The, the the comedy aspect of it it felt very much like um and even guy guy Ritchie movies were were kind of of this era too yeah, so it bit. felt like that that kind of uh, a, a vibe to me maybe maybe a rip off of uh, off that i don't know um and i don't think we've seen anything from this writer director um since but um but yeah kind of a kind of a decent college age crime movie um if you ask me and and certainly deserving of a higher score than I think sixteen percent. I think that's a little low. I would agree that it's yeah, it's probably not a sixteen percenter. No, the the teen seems awful low for it. There was a, a tidbit though. I I had I wanted to make sure to share about it because I I definitely didn't know this about uh, probably because I didn't see this like initially. I saw it definitely like on DVD was probably, so however long after it was in theaters, but it said the script's initial sale was gained like garnered a, a lot of publicity including like being on the cover of USA Today as like this rags the riches story cuz the composer writer and director Troy Duffy was a bartender at a bar in Los Angeles when Harvey Weinstein he bought the script signed Duffy to direct signed Duffy's band to score the movie and agreed to buy the bar so that Weinstein and him could co-own it I think this all to get this script for this this script for this movie. However, Duffy quickly managed to sour the deal, putting the script into turnaround where it was eventually produced for less than half the budget offered by Miramax. And after its th- limited theatrical release, the movie gained popularity on home video as a blockbuster exclusive. Unfortunately, Duffy's contract did not give him any royalties from video sales. So he essentially didn't make much at all from like oh, that's this this what should have been his coming out party. And they said there's actually a documentary called overnight, uh, that de- that chronicles his initial success and his consequent, uh, self-destruction, which th- this is all news to me. I think I heard something Whoa. about the documentary a couple of years ago. Um, because that was, I think around the time when the second one was coming out. Oh, uh, um, uh, like that's the, the thing. Up. So the second one, he was, that was something that he, had all his fingerprints on, so he was able. I think a, that was a, a big cash reason. Grab sequel. Well, it took him a to really long time. For the first one it took him a really long time. Yeah, it was definitely a cash grab for him, right, Martin? He, like he wanted to get that money back that yeah. he missed out on. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, you know the whole thing that they say to the prayer that they say before they they kill people felt very Pulp Fiction to me. Um. You know, like just just pulling out some some biblical type shit to say before you kill somebody. Yeah. So yeah, it wasn't completely an original idea, but I um, didn't remember you know, the like Spiritus Sancti. 
the you know the, like the 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 dream sequence where they oh where they were like blessed yes were, seemingly were, baptized right where the like message comes from above I was like oh yeah, yeah I yeah, don't yeah. totally remember that part but yes it's like it's it's kind of very Quentin Tarantino meets Guy Ritchie meets um, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon or something but but worse <laughs> from Boston but worse in, a, in all, in all say, categories but yes. all the things that you just said but worse <laughs> Kevin's really gonna hate us <laughs> the bargain version of all of those elements yeah. the bargain version yes that's exactly right I think that's right but again it is a bargain for a blockbuster exclusive uh, when you're 20 years old that meant something good <laughs> No, I did. I didn't. Like I said, did not dislike the rewatch. I was just like, it's fine. It's a it's a fine movie. It's just not the 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 classic that I think a lot of people yeah. hold it. The they revere it as. But uh, the next movie that we watched, uh, Brady, this is going to be your wheelhouse because it's oh. Saving Silverman from two thousand one. This was he called this one. Yeah, right away. This was as soon as I saw it in the teens. You guys knew it. It was mine. It was this has I I love this movie. I saw this twice in the theater, which it has to be a, a record. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't know that. I know you I mean, I associate this movie with you so much, but I had no idea you even went to the theater. Yeah, to see twice it. in the theater with Sean Keevy, my older roommate in, in Iowa City. We went over to uh Sycamore Mall and saw it twice. <laughs> Wow. So funny. I was a big, big Jack Black fan in this in this era. And yep. so it was like a Jack Black movie had my attention, and we just loved it the first time. And we're like, we're watching that again. See, I feel like I might have had a hand in you becoming a Jack Black fan. You did, you, no, you did add Jesus' son to my viewing, which I was yeah. unaware of, which uh, right. still has a, just an amazing scene in that movie. Exactly, and is that before or after this? You think it's ninety nine as well? I think oh ninety nine, so it was definitely before. Well, I don't, yeah, but I don't think I saw it when it came out. You you put it on my radar, but it was after. I think it was after this. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, because Jack Black for me is yeah, Jesus was in Jesus Son, and then in um, High Fidelity was like his breakout. High Fidelity was this kind of all. He was a bit player. He was a bit player on a lot of stuff, though. That's 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 the thing. Like he, this was getting on his like trajectory up towards being like a co-star and and being higher build uh than were you guys tenacious d fans i was just gonna ask i was but that was was i feel like so that was even earlier their album was right was that before this it could have been before this i think it was before because i feel like my roommate it definitely i was 90 97 yeah is is the show no i know but when's their big their big album. Uh, the album was might have been. A, I want to say it was uh, right around, around the same time. 2000. And KG. Yeah, KG. KG's in this movie too. KG was in was in the movie. Yeah. Kyle Glass. <laughs> Kyle Gas. Sorry. Gas. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So the only part about this movie that I knew. Um. I was gonna was, say, Jelani, this is the movie you haven't seen, right? This was the movie I had never seen. Uh, yeah. Was that? That's what I figured. Whoa! Didn't know that either. Yeah. The uh, comedy yeha. That part was something uh, the guys that did that at Jake's Come knew. Yeah! <laughs> they would say all the time, and so I just did not ever put two and two together until uh, recently. 
Um, did, I, I still say that all the time, yeah. Did you know? I didn't until reading up about this movie, probably because I've never really looked too deep into the details of this movie, but that that's that line is from a Neil Diamond song. Yeah. And that's, they like... Uh, At the end. Yeah, they sing it. They, so you the hear it in the, sing, yes, holly, yes. Holy, what is it? Holy Holly? Or, holly Holy? Uh, um, yeah. Whatever. Holly, holly Holy. Yeah, probably messed <laughs> it up. But how, yeah, I, I heard, like, I hear him say it at one yeah. point. And I'm like, oh my God, is that where he got it from? But then I looked up the lyrics, and of course it's not in there. And then I found a video of Steve Zahn, um, on, like, talking about it. On he's couch like, surfing in 2018? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yeah, he's, he's suddenly, he's like, we, this is, we told Neil that, that he said this when he's he because he asked he's like where did you guys get this from and he's like no this that's your lyric you say it in in one of your songs and when you perform it live and he's like no I don't and then he played it for him and he was like oh I guess I I guess I did say coming to yeah <laughs> it's so funny because I did hear it <laughs> I love that so much more now I yeah. hear I know I heard it in the I did hear it in the song at the end and it, it like kind of got my attention and then I was like looking some stuff up and I saw that and I'm like yes. That's amazing. Like I never knew that, never picked up on that prior to that. I just think that's so funny because we did that all the time. All the time. Yeah. That it, was... it, it adds a whole new le- level of, you know, comedic genius to it that they did that kind of homework and that kind of research oh. <laughs> going into it. And yes, Jack Jack Black when he says it the first time when they're like getting out of the parties and they're like we were friends with him first, <laughs> and he just does this whole move, and, and it's Jack Black comedic gold. Oh yes, I mean agreed. Critically, both of them critically kind of underutilized, and in, in, even though they're the main focus of the movie, I still feel like who Steve's on more... him. Yeah. Oh my like, god! I, just, I could watch this was a whole movie with just them. Well, you kind of did, but yeah, this is. Uh... <laughs> I that's what I'm saying. Like, take out Jason. Is well, that Jason yeah, Biggs? yes. We don't need him at all. Why? Why was there ever? Why? Why was he the big? same reason? The same mistake. reason that Tara reads in our next movie. It's Biggs. they were just yeah. cashing Martin, him in. He was Biggs. <laughs> I said Biggs. I know you said why was he big? Oh. <laughs> why was Biggs um, big? He he was a thing. I mean, he had his moment. It would never was warranted, but unfortunately, you know, I don't even know who else I would have rather had. But it just. Zahn and Black are so good in this movie that I, they are why this movie's awesome. And I, by the way, I could ask twenty strangers who don't know this movie, and they're all gonna put this movie in the teens, <laughs> <laughs> or most of them will. So I get why it's down there. People are wrong because this movie's hilarious, but I get that like a lot of people yeah. would be like that was dumb, but like you you don't get it. I mean there. it. Yeah, it's it's very weak on plot, very weak on <laughs> you know, just like general. I concede uh, concept, you know, and I, I I love it too. I it is like when you watch it, and you try to look at any kind of critical eye. You're like, why why is any of this happening? But it still has just just Steve Zahn and Jack Black make it so much better than I did. Some of it, I didn't really you know, know Steve Zahn. Some of his parts before this. Oh, you hadn't. Okay. I knew. I mean, I, I I was he wasn't completely new, but. I didn't really know him well, and I was just like, "Oh my god, I love this guy!" And then I saw some other stuff, and I'm like, "He's he he kind of does a lot of different stuff. I mean, he's all over the place. So uh, he's he's more versatile than just he's not really necessarily a comedic actor per se. But man, I this is what I knew him as this, and I'm like, he is. He's hilarious. Yeah, 
And yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah, well, Part I, of the their dynamic, yeah, put them in another movie together. Who didn't see this movie and be like, these two work well together? That's that's what that's what we're waiting on. You know, is is the the spinoff sequel um, to to this movie with, with, where you're just writing for their comedic strength, which I you know I feel like like you're saying like it not, maybe it wasn't necessarily an early movie for for Steve Zahn. Um, he had he had been kind of a bit player in other yeah. other things. Um, but still fair, fairly early, um, especially now, like he's, he was in white Lotus the first season, yeah. right? Um, I just saw him and, on a, mo- a shitty, a couple of big things. shitty movie. I watched on Valentine's day with my wife that she wanted to watch called the, uh, your place or mine. Oh, the Ashton Kutcher one. <laughs> Ashton Kutcher and Reese, Reese, Reese Witherspoon that just came out on Valentine's day. She's like, do you want, let's watch this movie. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, um, she's, she apologized after the movie ended. <laughs> I also just love the way this movie ends. That they are all up on stage, um, at at like a, a, a seemingly a, a real Neil Diamond concert. Yeah, um, it just seems like it would be a lot of a lot of fun and just all dan- dancing around to it. I think that's that's pretty good. What do we think of Sandy Perkis? Amanda <laughs> Detmer and Amanda Pete. I uh, know Amanda Pete, but they're both Amanda. Yeah, oh, Amanda Pete oh, okay. and Amanda Detmer. Detmer, damn it. Yeah. She was. Uh, I look. I had to look her up to see where she was from, and uh, she's in Final Destination. Oh, uh, uh, okay. The first yeah. one. Oh, really? Wow. A little Devin Sawa, Ellie Larder. Yeah, Devin Sawa. <laughs> I remember the log. Uh, yeah, uh, she. I mean, she definitely. Um, we. I, I like her in this movie, and I, I used to love Amanda Peet. She was one of my one of my one of my favorites, even after. Even after seeing her character in this, uh, <laughs> Judith, Judith in this movie, I still like. Uh, I'm probably more like more like Steve Zahn. <laughs> what does he say? You're the hardcore bitch I've always dreamed about. <laughs> um, but but yeah, what's her name? Uh, uh, Sandy is it Sandy Perkis? Sandy Perkis. Sandy Perkis. Yeah. Sandy Perkis. Uh, I just feel like she she should have been out of there long ago. Like he he messed up so many times that she kept on being like, "No, nah, it's okay. Nah, yeah, it's okay." Yeah, well, that's because she was trying to be a nun, obviously. <laughs> she wanted to stick around um, the nun's nun weight room. <laughs> I, uh, you know, what's always got me too, and like we used to say it back in the like in my apartment back in the day was uh, when when Jack Black's the mascot right early on. He's like, "Hey, what'd you say? I didn't really motherfucking hear you." <laughs> I, something just really funny to me about a mascot like swearing <laughs> in the game. I don't know. So simple. <laughs> And don't you always say hello, ladies? Hello, ladies. <laughs> I said it today <laughs> at work. Uh, oh, Ethel went through a lot of games together. The one nacho line, like there's just the so nacho, many takeaways yes. from this. Yes, that one is a uh, that's a big one. Do beer, you guys know a beer bong for the lady? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know who the director was? Oh shit! I didn't even look at that. Dennis Dugan. Yeah. Do you know what else he's directed? I was gonna say, should I know I, that? I, I meant to look. It, I meant to look it up, and I've you know I've heard of him, but I can't think of what it what it is. So he is. Right uh, he looks like Tony Hawk. <laughs> he does look like Tony Hawk, but uh, <laughs> I feel like we recently did a movie. We did. With him, no? He's the director of Big Daddy. Uh, oh, and Happy right. Gilmore. Yeah, he's on the Sandler track. Him and Sandler work a lot together. Oh, see, he's greatness. So. His run is Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, and Saving Silverman. 
Three in a row. That's a pretty good Brady run. Yeah. <laughs> Three winners. <laughs> wow. Guys, that's like all time level. I think Oh, I'm sorry. He did a Dugan. he did Shasta McNasty in in the middle there. <laughs> Shasta McNasty. <laughs> Whatever uh, that is. It's a four episodes. Go ahead. He also did national security right after saving Silverman. With Steve Zahn and Martin Lawrence. What? Steve Zahn and Martin Lawrence, that's right. Oh yeah. Beverly Hills Ninja. I don't know about that one. Amazing. Yeah, it was it was fun to finally put all the the quotes and everything to to an actual film and see it in in action. Um Arlie Ermy in a in a comedic role, which I feel like he's done once before, yeah. but you know, everybody knows him <laughs> primarily as the uh the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket, so uh trying Killer. to break yep. his mold out <laughs> and get out of that before. Hey coach, we got a problem with zero. Killer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Without hesitation, he says just the killer. It's so fucking Brady, funny. have you seen have you seen Full Metal Jacket? I have one time. Um it's been oh, okay. it's been I a was, while. I was for sure you hadn't. Yeah, I didn't think it was as great when I watched it, I was like, eh, all right. You know. It it didn't really fill the fill the need for me but um yeah i did know and i know he's from that and i know you know so yeah i found coach really funny i mean it's definitely some random ones pinching loaves in the lawn it's like you know <laughs> got any tp no oh, don't worry i'll find something it's okay i'll find something i'd rather go down in a hail gunfire <laughs> i don't it's just this i know this movie too well like this is oh thinking of which Kevin is exactly the person we could ask. He would think this movie is absolutely horseshit. He would have he'll have a huge problem with me shitting on Boondocks, and he thinks this, he'll think this movie is hot garbage. Guarant that's uh, that's like I'll bet everything on it. I'll bet all of his money on it. <laughs> no, I mean I think I think it's uh, it'll it'll always be. It's one of those movies we were talking about this at uh, I was talking about it with some people at work the other day. Like there's there's uh, five star movies that are five star movies just because you love them and you, you can never justify it to anyone else. No one else will, will agree with you, but it's just high up there. On you. And th I think this for you, Brady, is yeah. a five star movie. It's the one that yeah, above anything else, like above the best movie technically, it that just, there is just because you will always yeah. have that that nostalgic note for you. There's nothing that really I don't like. I just I laugh at things that other people aren't laughing at. I just this movie really hits me repeatedly in all the right spots and it just yeah i just it doesn't take much just jack black spinning around when he's trying <laughs> <laughs> a couple times I, I i noticed that too i don't think i noticed that the it's first just couple just times, like little stuff when, like when that he does it with the yeah and he's just like w twisting around the walkie-talkie scene is just like absolute comic gold <laughs> and he's scarfing down spaghetti and he's like oh i i, I think i see something in the back of the room the back of the closet <laughs> and he's literally just the walkie talkie uh, thing I, I did that to the kids the other day when we had walkie talkies and they had they had no idea and i'm just, like you don't have to say every time <laughs> that, and colin was like dad why are you doing that, that? was the last you'll, one you'll find out <laughs> he will when colin watched that movie he sh hopefully that that all comes back to him uh i just i just think that i just love it so uh despite its flaws i.e jason Biggs, but um all right jelani the the last one the last of the of of our of our entries is yours yeah so Bring I, home. 
I had uh, National Lampoon's Van Wilder, The Rise of Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> now, <laughs> granted, he... Uh, That's the sequel, right? <laughs> well, The Rise of Taj is a sequel, but... Uh, right, right, right. Yeah, this was Ryan Reynolds, I guess, one of his earlier breakouts after Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. Um, I, I watched that. So did I. And, I, was, uh, I was one of them. <laughs> Martin did it. He was on network TV. ABC, baby. I, I did not, yeah. I was off of ABC by then. <laughs> by, by 99, I was already done with done with network. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and to Ryan Reynolds' credit, he is consistent. Uh, you know what you're going to get yeah. with him every time he's on screen, and it's not too much of a deviation from the mean, right? And I think this one still holds up. I still liked it. I mean, it's it plays off of the whole like you know, back to school, revenge on the nerds type situations, and even a little nod to Animal House with uh, his dad. But uh, you know, yep. it was just it was you know it was Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, and you could anticipate that that guy would be you know the charismatic, like altruistic, cool dude who's doing all these things for other people, but doesn't want any of the credit. Um, and then just there. It had Ferris Bueller vibes to me too. Yeah, this time around, I never really okay. picked up on that before. You know, just like the guy that everybody loves at at school, just in, at, in college instead of instead of high school. Yeah, very much. Well, so. for for me, it just felt like this was this was it. Like this was the first showcase. I mean, I, like I said, I watched that show, and he was a highlight of it for sure. Uh, when you didn't know who he was. He was Berg, and Berg was funny on that show. And it, but this movie put him and showcased his what he what he excels at, and put it out there to, like we said, a massive college audience. It's a college movie. It's got humor, nudity, like it's just young people in it. Like it's literally right up a college person's uh, alley and it was the genesis of him becoming a movie star yeah and i think we we talked about it before when we talked about free guy but like yeah he took kind of a meandering route because he he went from this to being more like the leading man in in rom-coms it felt like and it just felt like there were a lot of misses for him along the way until he got to Deadpool, which I think really, really hit and, and sent him into the, the, the stratosphere. Blade um, Trinity. And now he can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe maybe that was. I didn't watch those, so I don't, I don't know. Like, he was he was funny. Just in saw that. the first one, but lots of juve, juvenile humor. Oh yeah, for go, sure. Go ahead, John. Uh, the juvenile humor was a ton. There was a lot of spray tan available on set because yep. every topless girl Tara- didn't have tan lines, and Tara Reid was constantly tan. She had some, uh, and she had tan. Like parts of her face were tan, but not some, not all. It was, it was interesting to see. Uh, and it was a young Tara Reid. I mean, not not Big Lebowski young, where we saw her most recently. But this was, I said, Tara Reid in her prime. She was, I'm sh- she was a get, I would imagine, for this movie. Well, yeah, it was post post um, American Pie, right. right? We had Jason Biggs in the last one. We have. Tara Reid off of um yeah off of yep. American Pie. I mean that movie was that was a monster movie. Yes. Um uh for you know for for the time not uh, it, everyone tried they tried to like recreate that that formula forever too. Now looking back on it, I think we talked about this too like just how problematic <laughs> that movie is. I feel like this probably has some 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 elements 
uh, of that as well, but you know, not really. Oh well, I <laughs> not, mean, not, not quite as bad. Uh, they got Tara Reid, but I mean, was was Tech was he a bigger thing? Hard to say. I think he might have been, you know, just because he was on <laughs> Tech, MTV and everybody yeah, knew him. Tech from was that. coming off M- Real World or whatever show he was on. Yeah, was it? See, I remember everyone knowing who that guy, who who he was. I still don't know who he yeah. is. Like, I never watched that show. I didn't really know how he got. I mean, he he got himself into uh, Van you know, Wilder, into into Van Wilder. But I liked his character. He was cool. So did our boy Curtis Armstrong, <laughs> aka Booger. Here, <laughs> Booger, Booger, Booger found his role. Why do we all know who the actors? <laughs> <laughs> Because he's been in a, like, why, what what is what was his even point of being in this? I movie? think it was just a callback to nerds more than it would be yeah, my yeah, guess. Yeah, and I, and yeah. I, correct me if I'm wrong. Was he in Animal House? I don't know. No, I can't remember him. The the dad was just nerds, right? Yeah, yeah. The dad. Well, you mean Vice President John Hoynes? Is that a West Wing reference? <laughs> sure is. Oh right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know you don't know Jelani, but yeah, yeah, he is. Tim Matheson was uh, Tim Matheson was the dad. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he was in Animal House, but yeah, he was uh, John Hoynes, VP yeah. uh, to uh, to Jed Bartlett. Yeah, like you said, Martin. I think there were a lot of just hey, let's call back to every like high school, and you know they just kind of threw all those breakfast, in Breakfast Club, Breakfast Club, exactly. You know, you got Tara Reed and Chris Owens from American Pie. Um, You had Booger and Tim Matheson from, you know, your college movie. So, again, just trying to put them all together. You had uh, a high dive scene from uh, Back to School. Like, just all of that culminated to, like, hey, let's just see what we can pull from every Back to School high school film and then throw Ryan Reynolds on top and let him cook. Uh, Well, here's the thing, though, about that. Did you... You may or may not know, but I didn't know this until now, but this movie is actually based on somewhat of stories of the of a real life, and it's somebody who you probably have heard of, which at the time I definitely wouldn't know who it was, but um, what I discovered... Tommy Callahan? <laughs> didn't he spend seven years in college? What I discovered was uh, that... It's based off an, a Rolling Stone article called "The Undergraduate" about the college career of comedian Burt Kreischer. No way! Way the machine? <laughs> way. That's crazy. And that was option. That's awesome. Yeah, isn't that nuts? I guarantee, if I had even heard that, you know, ten years ago, I don't think I would be like, I don't know who that is. But now I know who Burt Kreischer yeah. is, and right. so I'm like, holy shit! Yeah. Like. Yeah, it's. I find not that our podcast isn't the best podcast out there, but I find him and Tom Segura. Well, I, I think uh, Tom Segura two, is like absolutely. His, I just find him to be one of the funniest guys out there. But absolutely, um, and then you you put them together with Bert, and I think they're just they're just. Great. Yeah, I can take I can <laughs> take Bert only for so long, but I but I still think it's uh, unbelievable that like that that is this is all tied in and he That's is wild he is the inspiration i think at florida state perhaps um and that was the genesis of kind of the stories being written and they were the lore of him which turned into this movie wild yeah right van wild <laughs> van wild <laughs> yeah, van um but yeah you uh you had some familiar faces uh 
coming uh, in and out of this this uh, movie. Uh, a very very young Aaron Paul. Yep. Yeah. Two quick scenes in and out. Who's uh whose character is wasted guy? <laughs> Jesse. Which I think sums it up. Where's Van? I yeah, I, I do think that's spot on. But uh was uh si- and one other guy we have a do we have an old school guy? Uh from I don't know. Or, oh, dude from uh Big Bang Theory. Oh, Wallowitz. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wallowitz. Yeah. And, yeah. Is, am I crazy that he was in old school or am I Yes, oh. he was in old school. Yeah, right? Yeah, he was one of the pledges. He's like one of the background pledges. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not yep. huge by any means. Right. But okay, yeah, confirmed. Yeah, he's Jerry in old school. I was like I, I felt like that was right, but I I didn't uh I didn't double check it. Um and then I recognized another dude, the dude who was going to jump off the building. Yeah, that's, like the that's the Shermanator. That's the Shermanator. Oh, that is American Shermanator. Fire. Oh, fucking A. I think he was in Angus as well when he was younger. Yeah. And then uh, everyone knows, or not everyone, but we know Professor McDougal. Yeah. The, that's uh, the principal from uh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah. The co-ed that comes to his room after he uh, gets rejected Our by- first movie. Yeah. Air Supply. I'm all Sophia Bush. No, Martin doesn't know who, who this is. I don't know who that is. <laughs> no, I have no idea who she is. We just talked about oh, her. We talked about her. Yeah, I don't know. So- is Sophia Bush. Sophia yeah. Bush. Yeah. No, I didn't. I still didn't. I didn't recognize her because I don't know. She her. looked just different enough that I was like, "Is it? I feel like it could be." And it was. It was yes. her first movie. Yeah. And then uh, he had tried to have a budding uh, movie career, so this was maybe his second film. But Darius Miles. Yeah, I saw that. Qu- Darius Miles, Quentin Richardson, and uh, Ola Candy, I think. And All Clippers. And Lamar Odom, oh, apparently. I didn't see Odom. That's what the, he's in the credits. He's listed in the credits. I wonder. I don't. He wasn't sitting in that locker room. I would have. Re- I mean, I would probably recognize him the most. Yeah, I. Um, I would think so too. But um, I didn't see him. But. But yeah, Darius Miles, because he was in um, another movie about like, I know what you're talking. They like break into a school or yeah. something. I think Erica Christensen. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't have it. You know who it is, or you don't know who it is. No, I know who the actress is. Yeah, Erica Christensen. Yeah, I can't. I'm looking. Swim I'm trying campaign. to look it up. I re- oh, I was like, that's not the movie. Um, nice. Yeah, but she and what? There's another movie she was in where she's into drugs, and I can't remember the name. Perfect score. The perfect score. Yes, that was the movie where they yep. steal the test. The ACT or SAT? Yep. One of those two, I think. Yep. He's in four things: uh, Van Wilder, an episode of One on One. Well, that's just an interview, and then an episode of Arliss and The Perfect Score. <laughs> Arliss. Arliss. Hey, I watched it. HBO, <laughs> baby. Um, Judges ruling. <laughs> See, I, I like all the there's there's a good amount of, you know, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, like we said, being Ryan Reynolds and just good good lines that that I do quote that I kind of forgot. Write that down. From this. Like I'll do that judge's ruling thing. Write, yeah, that, write that down, down as a ruling. number yeah, one in our household. Time. We say that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but is it from yeah. this movie or you're just actually telling people to write it down? No, I think it's from this movie. <laughs> no, wait. okay. It's well, yeah. It's when you say something fairly profound, but probably not really. And I, I say it to my kids all the time. Yeah, write that. Write that down. <laughs> Again, when they're when they're ready for Van Wilder, then they will know. Then hopefully they'll remember. Well, let me tell you, I just I put I put Van Wilder on display because I was watching that movie in our living room 
on a nice size TV, very crystal clear, and we don't have much for curtains in front of our <laughs> massive front window. And so I uh, was jumping ahead. Uh, I knew there was. I knew there was going to be some uh, some nudity in the movie. It's been a minute, but I can remember there was some, and there was a lot more than I remembered. And so I was like, "Oh boy!" I'm like, "If anyone's out walking their dog right now, they're going to be like, whoa, they are.'" Uh... <laughs> I didn't think there was that much. I, uh, there was a there was a for, good amount. There was. I, I I I'm comfortable with how much there was, but I can tell you that it, <laughs> I can tell you that there was you know to be putting it on display it was a to, hard R <laughs> to, to be putting it on display to the neighborhood. I was like, ooh, shit, shit, <laughs> shit. Here we are again. Um, and then the one person we didn't talk too much about because I didn't love his role in this, but again, it was kind of his jumping off point was Cal Penn. Um, yeah, yeah, very stereotypical, and I'm sure maybe regretful on his part. But yeah, it yeah. was a jumping off point for him, right? I mean, step up from short circuit, <laughs> where you have a white man playing an Indian man. So at least it's an Indian <laughs> man, you know, doing doing the Indian accent. But yeah, he's um, uh, he's gone on to be a, a good actor. He's been in the White House. Like, yeah, yeah. he's a very accomplished yeah. uh, in, individual. It so, didn't yeah, derail him. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Was this before um, Harold and Kumar? Yes, yes, a couple years. Yeah. So because yeah, this probably led led to that, right? Because remember, John Cho is the one who I mean, ultimately is credited with the phrase "milf" in American Pie. Yeah, right, right in American Pie too. So it's another. Yeah, well, this was all all that era, right? Well, and I all actually connected. knew that only because when I looked up Ryan Reynolds, uh, Ryan Reynolds is apparently in White Castle, and I didn't even remember that, but and saw that it came after. So maybe uh, he reunited. It was oh four. Yeah. So in in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. The big like, I guess surprise is that Neil Patrick Harris is in it playing yeah. Neil Patrick Harris. And that was and that was NPH's coming out party. Yeah. Oh yeah. So for sure. But or thinking coming out party. Thinking back to like Saving Silverman, was that one of the first times you ever saw somebody famous playing themselves in the movie, like Neil Diamond playing Neil Diamond? Mm. Uh, not think on that. quite in the it's not quite i mean no because it's more he's playing more than the musician like for for an actor to be playing the actor in a well and it was movie, like over the top really about him like he was you know like mph would never do that i mean it was he was yeah, which he was, led to his yeah, Barney character right. he was How I Met Your Mother. Like, right? yeah, over the top and drugged out. I mean, they, I feel like it's one thing to be playing yourself, but it was also another to be, like, playing, like, an over-dramatized version of yourself. That was kind of unique, I think. But And I don't think that was really the case with Neil, although he was like, oh, hey, we're coming to America. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good line. Well, then. hey, I get it. Love on the rocks. No, <laughs> Ain't no, no, no big thing. <laughs> Ain't no... <laughs> So why are they always such bad actors? Because <laughs> they aren't actors. Because they're musicians. Because <laughs> they aren't actors. Yeah. I still feel like I still feel like because they literally shouldn't be, be actors. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> they went through their skill set and they said, "You know what? I'm better at music, and I'm going to stick to that." <laughs> you know, not to go back to Saving Silverman. Please but, do. Um, one of the parts that makes me laugh so much is Steve Zahn when. He's, they're singing the hello song at the end, and, <laughs> and Judith's all like 
I'm all by my who, who where's my one and only someone and Steve Zahn just walks up Hello. With, like singing the song <laughs> and she you know you, for a second you think she's running to him and then she smacks him over the head with the chair oh my god that whole scene is is worth the worth the price of admission for a second time in the old Sycamore Ball <laughs> alone <laughs> they're good they're a good cover band Diamonds in the Rough <laughs> <laughs> It's a great name. It's a great really name is. for a Neil Diamond cover. It really band. is. Yeah. And they're oh, they're so good out there. I might watch it again. <laughs> so do we think that all of these deserve the Rotten Tomatoes ratings that they have? Like I said, I I think Silverman is so good, like exponentially better than that rating, but I, I, I feel like if I can ad- I acknowledge that if I asked random people, a lot of people would not find that movie that good, especially if they hadn't seen it before and had no, like, uh, what's the right word? They had no, like, nothing ho- tying them to watching it, you know, nostalgia. There had no nostalgia to it from seeing it back, you know, 20 years ago. So I can acknowledge that a lot of people would probably rate it poorly. I still think it's low. 16% is just outrageous but i will say this movie was going to be my choice somewhere (laughs) wherever it was it was probably going to be below 50 and this was going to be my choice for whatever uh whatever we yeah whatever whatever range it fell into whatever 10 (laughs) points it fell into yeah i i agree i think they're i think they're these are all um for different reasons i just can't look i can't look at any one of them um from an objective lens um, but does it does seem to me like they're they're a little bit low. I um, would say honestly, like just think, thinking about it, it's like how could any of us say strongly that none of these they don't belong in the twentieth percentile? You know, like add ten, and that still seems like we'd be arguing like is it still too low? Automatically yeah. tells me they're too low. Like if these were all in the twenties, yeah. I don't think any of one would of us would bat it would have batted an eye. Would be like, oh man, how's this in the twenties? It's ten below yeah, that. Same. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah, I agree. I think these should probably be higher up, more in the twenties. It feels like they're punished. They're being punished by somebody. Yeah. These new kids out here for different reasons. And I th- I think we like them all for the kind of for the right reasons. You know, like having, um seeing the charisma of Ryan Reynolds early on, saving Silverman, seeing Jack Black and Steve Zahn, comedic genius, um, <laughs> fairly early on as well. And then Boondock Saints, I guess all I got is Norman Reedus, pre-Walking Dead. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, also just like for a, for a, a bargain bin blockbuster exclusive um, video rental, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, how did the how did the Walking Dead people not like – when they fell in love with Norman Reedus, not like go back and watch his old stuff and see this, see Boondock, and then like give it a bump. How did it not get bumped up a little bit because people were like be- such big Norman Reedus fans? I'm surprised by that alone. Yeah, I don't know. As always, don't be a fool. Subscribe and be cool. Thanks, and go to bed. 